Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 37. I've been thinking this morning of whether there's anything specific I want to announce or tell during this intro. And, you know, I just don't think there is. Everything that I've been busy working on is stuff that I've either already talked about or can't quite talk about yet. Uh, very mysterious. Uh, so I think I'm just going to keep it short and sweet and just tell you about today's guest, Daniel Sharon. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph of his bio, and then you guys can read the rest of it in the show notes. Okay, here goes. Artistic director of Salt Lake City's Ryrie Woodbury Dance Company since 2013, Daniel Sharon has been active as a choreographer, teacher, and performer for over 25 years. While based in New York City, Daniel maintained a project-based company and danced with Doug Verone and Dancers and the Limon Dance Company. Additionally, he performed with Doug Elkins and Friends, the Metropolitan Opera, the Aquila Theater Company, and the Mary Anthony Dance Theater, among others. He is a BFA graduate of the North Carolina School of the Arts and an MFA graduate of the California Institute of the Arts in Choreography and Integrated Media. Um, I had such a nice time talking with Daniel. He just is open and kind and insightful. Um, I, I left I left the interview feeling like kind of re-inspired and like ready for my day. So I hope that you guys will feel that way too. Um, yeah, here comes Daniel. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Light and Airy Presets. Light and Airy is created by photographer and best friend team Caroline and Anna Marie, who are passionate about helping business owners feel confident about the photos we share. I've sat here in the studio with so many guests who express anxiety about social media, and I've certainly felt the same way. It's a horrible feeling to feel torn between making art that really matters to you and building skills to navigate several social media platforms. I've been using the Light and Airy mobile presets for several months now, and it's really eased my anxiety about posting regular photos. All you have to do is download the free version of the Lightroom mobile app, download the Light and Airy presets, and come away with beautifully edited photos with just one click. If Instagram scares you like it scares me, head to lightandairyphotog.com and use promo code ARTIFICE10, that's all caps A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-1-0, for 10% off your mobile presets today. Like any tangents you want to go on, any like stuff you've been thinking about with art, just take us there. Um, but we'll kind of talk about like your creative origins and then like, you know, how you started making your creativity a business. And then we'll kind of get into like, I like to talk about like art identity stuff at the end. Okay. <laughs> but really anything you want is, is great. So um, I like to start at the beginning, the beginning, beginning, um, and ask people, what were you like as a creative child? Like what was the first kind of manifestation of your creativity as a little kid? 
Well, I think it stems probably from how my parents brought us up and in the world they brought us up. Um, they were always really supportive of us and what we wanted to do. And, and art was an important part of that from the get-go. That's great. I mean, I started violin when I was five. And awesome. so my parents put me into um, the Suzuki method. Great. Uh, which is, uh, Love um, Suzuki. Yeah, which was, which was great. And I, I really um, you know, ended up being very serious about violin all the way through mm-hmm. high school. And so that was um, definitely um, very much a part of my upbringing and yeah. who I am now as a choreographer and a, an artist and a musician. Um, that was a, just an important, important part of it. And then through high school, I always, um, and junior high, I always um, was really drawn to the, the more artistic things like yeah. um, the, the art classes. I sang in the choir and I did musical theater. And, yeah. um, and then like in junior high, I met... Um, some people and um, um, they were friends of the family and their daughters were taking dance classes and they were like, hey, you should take a dance yeah. class. And you were like, what, like 12, 13? Yeah, when I started dancing, I, well, my first musical was sixth grade. Yeah, And so cool. they influenced me to go audition for this musical. It was Oliver. Yeah. I played an orphan in a pickpocket. It was of, very exciting. Of course you did. <laughs> and Right, of course I did. And um, and so I did that. And then the choreographer in that show, she there was a studio and a company in town. Yeah. And this was uh, Fargo, North Dakota, okay. Moorhead, Minnesota. So up on the um, North Dakota, Minnesota border. Cool. And um, uh, the, this company studio, the, the directors were, um, they came from New York and they danced with Bob Fosse and, wow. and, and Jerome Robbins and a lot of different people like that. And so I felt very fortunate. Anyway, the choreographer of Oliver was like, Hey, you should go take classes at this dance studio. Yeah. And so that was, um, in, in junior high. So in seventh grade, I started wow. to take dance class. That's awesome. Um, and then, yeah. And then. I remember my dad giving us really early like art lessons. He hired this guy to come in. It was like me, my brother, and these two friends of the family, and we just did all this art stuff. How old were you when that happened? I it must have been elementary Pretty school. Pretty little. Yeah. Are are your parents? What do your parents do like for work? I mean, are are they artists? Well, they're retired. Um, but uh, or what yeah, do they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, my my mother uh, was a social worker. Cool. So she actually spent a great deal of time at, um, uh, a social worker in, a, in an abortion clinic, actually. Cool. And so that was something that she felt very strongly about. Yeah. Um, and so she always sort of had this um, kind of political women's rights thing that she felt very strongly about, I think, and that it influenced me in a really positive way. Yeah. And my dad was a... Um, sociology professor. Wow. You had parents who were thinking and feeling. It's true. That is, I mean, you know, I, I like to start here because I'm, I'm such a broken record. Like anyone who listens to this podcast hears me say this all the time, but you know, I think like the, the crossroads of like what's going on in our childhoods can be, it can really make or break like the kinds of creative adults we are, or, you know, the kinds of creative adults we aren't. Um, so I, I like to start from the beginning and, you know, I think some of us become creative uh, in spite of like parents that aren't very involved. Um, but for for those of us who have parents who um, are supportive of that creativity, it's just everything. Um, and having parents that are like, you know, thinking like thinking about things, you know, that's gonna that's gonna make them open to art, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that it really the crux of it was was deeper in the sense that they really encouraged us to 
be who we were yeah. and to follow what we were interested in. Yeah. Um, I think putting us into art and, um, and the communities and the relationships that we built through um, doing theater and, and doing music and, and um, making art, I think those communities are just such great people to kind of grow up around. Yes. And I think that those friendships and those philosophies and those points of views really um, kind of sent me on a particular trajectory. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was due to the, my parents and their um, open-mindedness. Yeah, I was going to say openness, just... Yeah. yeah, and just support. Like, yeah. are you interested in this? Great, follow that, rather than do this because I want you to, or some other mm-hmm. factor that says you should be doing this. Yeah. So I think that was really important. Totally. I yeah. I mean, I'm so I'm like I I, I couldn't be more interested in like those kind of the Venn diagram of like what your parents are doing and what you're doing. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so important. So you, you, they put you in violin and was that like, so you have a brother, just one brother? Yeah. Older or younger? Older. Okay, cool. And was he in violin too? Like that, was that like a family thing? Okay. So Suzuki both, but you kind of got to pick. I don't know why we, I don't know why he did piano and I did violin. It's just what happened. It just happened. (laughs) He is two years older and he was in piano lessons very early. Yeah. Suzuki starts at like, like three. Well, his wasn't specifically Suzuki. It was was piano. I don't know if what the method was or what the style was, but yeah, I was five when I started Suzuki. Yeah. So it was like. It's so good for your ears. Yeah, totally. So it was kind of when I was learning to read. Yeah. But but Suzuki you learn by, by listening. Yeah. but yeah, I don't know why we did those particular instruments. But we didn't you, like sit around the living room and play just, music together. Yeah, that it was wasn't just really like what thing. you were doing. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of our own cool kind of. And thing. Were, were your parents doing creative stuff? Well, my dad um, is an author, so he okay. was. Yeah. So he wrote sociology textbooks. Okay. So I, you know, I feel like creativity is one of those things that's like you kind of immediately think of like art and painting and music right. and choreography. But the creativity is like in every part part of your life. And so even Amen. my mother and as she's approaching her social work, what creative ways can she use to um, connect with people? Totally. And same with my dad and, and working with his students. who so was a professor for like 35 years or something. Yeah. So what creative ways can he use to inspire his students? Yeah. And then writing a textbook is... Totally you know, creative. That's a I creative mean, it output. didn't exist and then it does. So. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad did... Um, he was he played French horn or something and I always was just very passionate about music yeah um so so they so they got you in lessons which is you know that's huge that's huge support and and I know I know for Suzuki at least the parents need to be like pretty involved that's like part of it so that's cool too and then your your dad was bringing in like an artist to teach you like that's awesome like what what is that I have a strange memory of like we had these two friends um, of the family. And so we were kind of the same age. So it was the four of us that did a lot of stuff together. And the two families did a lot of stuff together. Um, their names were Poe and Yui. And they, they, we did everything together. And so my dad, I don't know, he arranged some friend or some professor. And like, I, I just have this memory of like on weekends or something, we'd be sitting around a living room learning to sketch. And it was wow. like five of us. It was like this. This he just put together this like yeah. little class, this yeah, little like like master class. I can't remember. I think maybe was, my brother doesn't remember that. Was that something I, that happened like regularly? Like was he doing it with other? Like did you have like a scientist come no, no. or like it was just no, like no. it was maybe like your dad just knew an artist and was like this could be cool. My dad was very thoughtful and very passionate and had yeah. a very strong belief system. So I my guess is there's something in him 
that thought that um, visual art would be very important. He actually did visual art himself. I have these yeah. charcoal drawings that he did when he was probably, I don't know, in his 20s or something. Wow. And so he ha- always had that in him and never yeah. pursued any of that professionally. And so maybe he just wanted to kind of I guess. share, like maybe give that- you some something he didn't have. Yeah, or something like like he was interested at, at one point in his life in visual art and drawing and sketching. Yeah. So maybe that was sort of an organic like, yeah. oh yeah, this you might be interested in this as well. Yeah. You know, something that, that was important Just to like me. exposure, like yeah. does yeah. it take? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Um, do you have any thoughts, like just maybe while we're here in like childhood land, do you have any thoughts about like where creativity comes from or like how as adults we can be like better stewards of child creativity or a creativity in our peers or. I mean, I don't know. I think one thing that happens is that we start to, you know, as we age, we start to edit ourselves. Yeah. So I think it's the freedom that a child brings to the world and, and their point of view that sort of like how a child just says what's on their mind. And I think, I think that, that, the ability to main, to maintain that as an adult, yeah. as you enter sort of a creative practice, I think that's something that is really important. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how yeah. to free yourself up like that. But I think that's something that, you know, if I'm choreographing the studio, if I can get to that place of non-judgment yeah. and just the flow of that, I yeah. think is so interesting and so important. So I think that's really important. Yeah, the ability so to play games, the ability to um, explore, explore, and you know have a point of view and and just just wonder. Yes, um, <clears throat> yeah. One thing that I say to my students a lot is like, I give you permission to just you know I just I give you permission like just go for it. Like, we'll see what happens. Like, let's test it out. You go for it. You know, I want to hear you like experimenting and making changes. And, you know, after you experiment, then maybe we'll like try to make some decisions about like which thing we want to like spend more time on right now. Or like, you know, there's kind of that, that saying of like, you know, be, be like, be brave enough to like suck at something new. Yeah, exactly. Um, Be brave enough to fail. Children, are bad at everything, you know, like, cause they're little, like they just, they don't know how to feed themselves. They aren't good at running. They have bad motor skills, you know, like children are kind of, they're, they're not excellent at truly anything. And so, you know, that kind of failure is just like par for the course. And as you grow, like you, you do less and less that you're not already good at. And that kind of process of like being bad at something is starts to be foreign, which is, truly sad well and there's maybe like a fear of it also totally like a fear of failing and when in fact that there's so much to be learned through that yeah and and also it's just it's necessary like yeah you know i i have i frequently teach adults like you know who have um like discretionary funds for the first time in their you know kind of adult lives and they'll they'll take voice lessons um and they'll be like oh i'm so bad at this or like you know oh i just i don't sound like so and so and i'll i'll say to i'll like kind of look at them like a little joking and be like how dare you think you're going to sound like Barbra Streisand today? Right, right, That's right, insane. Right. Like how how kind of like dismissive of like her decades of practice is that? Right. You know, like and let then, the voice crack. Yeah, and like I'm, that is. I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm teasing a little but like I hope it makes them realize like how truly ridiculous that thought is. Like of course you're bad at this right now. Right. Duh. <laughs> like 
do you think anybody's good at it? Like no one is. And they'll be like, oh, you're right. But we just, we forget to think about that as adults. So I'm kind of talking about the psychology of it all and how does psychology um, deal with a lot of those things? Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. I mean, I think like, you know, with your voice and like dance, I'm sure it's your body, you know, like it's so personal. Um, and you, you cannot separate that like emotional, like social stuff from it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like talking about that stuff. Um, okay. So as you start to get older, so you were doing violin, um, and then you were like, maybe you were drawing, you were doing kind of like other just creative exploration. You felt safe as a child, like trying whatever. So then you, you did your musical, um, had these amazing people from New York who were in Fargo. That's, I mean, that also is just like, we have these kind of people who walk through our lives that set us on totally different courses. That's, I mean, that's great. Um, so I, I maybe want to ask you, like when you, when you started taking dance lessons or dance classes, did you have any sort of like trepidation or like, what did you feel like starting, you know, trying a new thing? How did it feel to you? I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's what I've ended up doing as a career. And I think that that was just a a crucial moment in my time because um, those teachers, Kathy and Eddie Gasper, and the situation of those dance classes in that dance studio and and dancing with the people I danced with and performing with them, it just, it sort of just um, engulfed me. Yeah. And it just became such a huge part of my life that, you know, I went from taking three classes to a week you know, one ballet, one jazz and one tap class to going to the studio probably six days a week, taking multiple classes per night as a seventh and eighth grader. And, um, and it was just profound. So I felt like I really found something that, uh, like a home for myself and something that was so comfortable. And, um, those two teachers, they, and mentors were, um, they, they were just, amazing with the information that they gave us in terms of dancing and movement and the history and the styles and all that kind of stuff. But they were, they challenged us and they were tough in us and they, they created discipline and they created a respect for the art form and they encouraged us to have a respect for each other Mm -hmm. all while maintaining and having a really good time. It was really amazing because I was very young and, and they had a, um, a company associated with the, um, with the studio and they were just in the the process of, of starting to salary the dancers. Wow. And so, um, and I, so I was dancing with people that were like in college, like college aged and older. So it was anywhere from me being a seventh grader all the way to people that were probably 25, 30 years old. And we were all dancing together. That's awesome. And they really embraced me. And I, I just formed some really important relationships through that. You saw yourself like as a, as an actual part of this, professional community. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I struggle sometimes to, to articulate that to people. I think it's something that happens in the arts where like there be, I mean, maybe because there's no like, you know, license that you get that says like, you're a dancer, you're a musician, Mm -hmm. you can go to college or not. Like it's kind Mm -hmm. of, um, there, there's, there's a very blurry line between like an amateur and a professional, um, and, and I think that's usually a beautiful thing, especially when that amateur is moving up, you know, uh, becoming a professional, um, feeling that your mentors are your peers and mm-hmm. there's kind of this like, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a nice way that that community sort of like, you know, 
brings people in yeah, exactly. or has the potential to. Um, I think it can go wrong sometimes, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, but when it goes right, it's really a beautiful thing for, for a younger person or someone who's newer in their creative exploration to feel, um, you know, in close, such close proximity and part of this community. I think that's something that a lot of us experience as young people. Um, so I, I'd like to talk with you about some of this kind of like identity stuff now. Um, if you're a seventh grader and you're going to the studio six times a week, surely this is becoming part of your identity where you're saying like, I'm a dancer, um, right? Uh, so I, I'd like to know kind of like what that felt like being young and feeling like this was something you can own as like part of your identity or, or do you have kind of memories of what that was like? I, yeah, I mean, it was interesting for me because I, this dance company I danced with this high school experience and this company I danced for, I mean, that was a, that was more a part of my high school experience than high school. Yeah. It was like going and doing that after work or after high school, after school was out, was just a huge part of my life. It was like, it's like a full-time job. I mean, it's like... It was a full-time job, but I, it didn't, it was like... I just mean natural. in terms of the time. Yeah. And it was where I wanted to be. Yeah. And I, I didn't think about it as a job because money didn't matter. My parents supported me. And yeah. and by the... by the, I just mean it's it's so much time. Yeah, It's just exactly. like, it's all, it's so much time. But it became my, it became who I was and it became, I mean, the people that I danced with became the people that I hung out with. Yeah. And they became my close friends. And when you're doing theater and when you're doing dance... Um, the, the connections that you make can be so deep and so profound. Yeah. Um, I think it has to do with um, being vulnerable together to, to taking chances together, mm-hmm. to touching yeah. and sweating and um, changing together and yeah. um, just bonding. bonding, like all that yeah. stuff is just so important. So I really identified with that and was very proud of that part of my life. Yeah. And, um, the friends that I had at high school, uh, were super supportive and very excited about this thing. It felt very special. Um, I was, you know, in high school too, I had a great group of friends that I was in orchestra with in choir and all those kind of things. And it was like, we bonded too. So they understood like, wow, this is such a great opportunity for, for him to be doing this thing. And so, um, it just became a huge part of my identity. My parents were supportive about it. Um, my, my extended family, I had very little, um, sort of discrimination stuff. I had a little little bit, I remember a little bit like, um, some kids in like the bathroom at high school, but being like, Hey, ballerina kind of thing. Yeah. Or or like a ballerina thing. And yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, well that's interesting. And, um, but very little of that really. That's great. Well, and I, I was thinking before when you were talking about how your mom worked at the abortion clinic, like I would imagine that as a young boy having like, you know, your mom talking about like women's rights would be helpful as you're moving into like, uh, you know, a, a career or at least like a big, you know, a hobby, like I, I, you know, as you're moving through it, that's, that's frequently thought of as being like a feminine space. Um, that, 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 that your mom having that literacy would give you the skills to like, you know, navigate through that. I, and I think, I think that's true, but I think deeper than that is that both my parents, 
um, accepted ev- like really everybody in terms of homosexuals, in terms of different yeah. genders, gender identities, and and women's rights, and and so it was maybe a greater understanding of ex- the acceptance of everybody. Yeah, and so I think that that was very important, um, yeah. and it just always felt normal. Like yeah. I remember my my mother having um, friends that were gay early on. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, great. Like it didn't. It, it just d- like. I didn't really flinch at it. It was always sort of part of my upbringing, who I was. So their liberal mindedness and their open mindedness yeah. shaped me and prepared me to, I mean, in the arts, it's a broad spectrum of, of individuals totally. um, and with d- just different um, everything. Yeah. And I, I just have always just sort of, I don't even feel like it's accepting it. It's just always been what the norm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's been really important for me and it's, it's their influence and it was being around um, diversity early on. Yeah. That I think was really important. I, I, it's so important. Yeah. I did not have that experience. I, I was just talking about it with my husband last night. Like, I feel like my parents, my, my mom has passed away. So now it's just, it's my dad. But um, I feel like my parents, like, they're, they are, are exposed to so little that it's almost like they don't believe that, like, other exists at Mm. all Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's it's beyond just like not accepting it's like there's like a a complete lack of understanding that there are different perspectives right right which uh you know i think i think a lot about this childhood stuff because for me like i mean i wasn't exposed to anything in the way that you were but i think i still had like that I don't know. It was like innate somehow. Like I was curious about people and it, it took me finding other adults and other mentors who would kind of like let me in on like these other ways of thinking, um, which I think is why I, I went into the arts, you know, because like the art people in my childhood were the people who like, you know, kind of reflected back at me, like the kind of self that I felt like I was. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So I, I, so I think I went into the arts because like, that's where I was seeing adults who were kind of like thinking in the ways that I was like prone to think as a child, Mm -hmm. which I think it's just so interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was raised with like the total opposite parents of what you have, but like, I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's so fascinating to me. Like we, we find like, so it's like, it, it might be like you were thinking that way because your parents are like that. It might just be the, like the, you know, you and your brother and your parents had like this enough of the same like personality stuff that you just like fit together. I don't know. Probably I, a little of all I that. like it so yeah. much. So when, when you, when you had like a little bit of that kind of hard time with like maybe some of those boys, were you able as a young, as a young boy yourself to kind of think like that's their lack of understanding or like, how did that feel to you? I don't think I was that sophisticated enough yeah. to really think that way. I think that it, I think it affected me. I think I felt bad. I remember kind of avoiding those people. Yeah. You know, like when I see them in, in, in the hallways or something, I remember kind of avoiding them. But again, my support system was just so crucial. Yeah. And like um, my buddies in school that weren't in arts and weren't in dance, they were just my buddies that I had known forever from yeah. like elementary school. They were just like, don't worry about it. It's like, don't, you know, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. So it's, you know, that was, I was very lucky in a lot of ways, I guess, if, 
smooth sailing is lucky. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, is it like it's hard? That's why, I like, so you know what this podcast is called, artifice, which like people get kind of freaked out by that word sometimes. But like for me, it's just like you know, as artists, our our audiences, our clients, our you know patrons, whatever they see a finished product, and I'm so fascinated in like by like what what's what all happened in the background of that right. that product and and sometimes it's all this adversity sometimes it's all this support um and i think my my like stance is that like there's as much diversity in the backgrounds of artists as there is in the backgrounds yeah, of cool. just yeah. humans. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I like to have people kind of just storytell through like what's what what happened in the background. So um you know, as we're kind of just like talking a little bit more about your teenage years, which I think just in terms of human development, like artistic development aside is like such a, a bizarre time. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and identity is such a tricky thing during that time. So I think for a teenager to have something that feels like this is my identity, like it's, you know, um, I think that can make like all the difference in the world. Is there anything else you want to say about like, you know, your experience of saying like, you know, this is, this is something I am where maybe some other people are thinking like dance or singing or violin is something I do. And, and maybe how that kind of like, does that make sense? Like, um, well, I mean, you're kind of talking about following your passion a little bit, aren't you? Well, like, okay. So really where I'm going with this, I'll just like, I'll tell you the end. I, I feel like as you know, when we're talking about like who becomes a creative adult versus like who's a creative child. Cause like, I think all, almost all children are creative. Right. I mean, maybe there's some children who are kind that. of like, they just like can't help it. Right. And some children need a little bit more encouragement. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people continue to be creative through high school and then they really kind of stop when they are going to college. And when you say creative, are you specifically kind of thinking in the arts? No, I think just okay. in general, but yeah. I mean, obviously like we are artists. So right, like right. the conversation is a little bit that, but, um, I think there's something that happens where there's like a big fall off when people are kind of like transitioning into going to college where they stop doing music, they stop doing visual art, you know, whatever it is. And hopefully they're taking their creativity and putting it in, in engineering. But I think sometimes they're not. Um, and I have a kind of theory that some of it has to do with ownership. Like is, is visual art something I do or is it part of who I am? Um, and so for you as someone who like definitely had that ownership pretty young, um, I don't know, do you have thoughts about like, do you have thoughts more in general about like how that type of like ownership and like having creativity be part of your identity? Um, I don't know, like it is useful or I mean, do you have thoughts outside of maybe your own experience as a teacher or, um, or whatever? I mean, is anything that I just said making you want to talk about anything? Well, here's what I've been <laughs> thinking about now. Go for it. Is that I think that there's a, you know, maybe an a authenticity to, um, what you want to do, who you are and what you believe in. And then I think there's this, um, kind of societal pressure. And so this thing of like, you need to either make money or you need to mm. be this, or we define success as these things, the lawyer, the doctor thing, like those are the things that define success. Yeah. And so the, the pressures of our society, I think can really affect the trajectory of, of that somebody takes. Yeah. That's somebody who loves painting 
maybe they get stifled because of these other pressures, either from their parents or from the this world that uh, in, in terms of defining what success is. Yeah. And it, so that comes at it from kind of the opposite side from um, authentic authenticity yeah. where this is what I believe this is what I'm inspired to explore. Yeah. And this is what, that this is who I feel like I am and allowing that to, um, to, I don't know, boil and allowing that to find its way out. Yeah. Um, so that that truly is who you become. And then the other things will hopefully fall into place. Yeah. The, the, are you able to do this as a job and make a living at it? Yeah. And so, or however you define the success of that, uh, maybe it's, it's being able to be creative and put your, your stuff out there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like we get this pressure from this world to um, do things and be things we're not yeah. based on other I don't know, other people's ideas or yeah, opinions. I think some people would tell you that like, you know, it's it's the lucky few who get to like do what they are passionate about. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't I don't necessarily think I mean, surely we can't all like be full time professional artists, but I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. It's a puzzle. And you know, this podcast, like I'm, I only interview artists, but I certainly agree with you that like there are creatives in all professions. Um, and, and I care about that stuff broadly, which I think, you know, the way that I, that I want to get at it is by talking with people who are full-time creatives. And maybe like, sometimes we have thoughts about like how you can keep doing it or how you can apply it. Or, you know, there are kind of these bigger lessons that are outside of like professional art per se mm-hmm. you i think that's what you're saying too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah do you have any other thoughts about it like what i don't know what do you think like what would be what would be ideal what do you mean what would be ideal? i don't know like i mean how do you think do you have kids no kids no kids for me either but you teach you teach young people i teach i've taught Some many situations so i i have taught young people do you have thoughts about like how we can encourage like teenagers uh, who are kind of like teenagers becoming adults to like maintain that authenticity and that kind of like creative integrity. Boy, it feels I like it's more the people. about pe- it a lot. <laughs> well, it feels like it's more the people around them yeah. than it is that. I feel like they're ready to do that. I don't know. I'm not a child psychologist. Yeah. Yeah, well. I don't have children. <laughs> I don't regularly interact with children. Although I yeah. do, I do a lot. But um, boy, it feels like it's allowing it's allowing them to have their voice that's important yeah. and sometimes the art can be a great conduit to express that yeah. and so i think it in a lot of ways it feels like it's the people around them yeah. allowing that freedom and allowing that and, and giving the pushes when necessary yeah. to say yes and do that yeah. and explore and not judge totally so well, I, I don't know and i think it's this big picture creative too i mean i've been really on one about this lately just in like my personal life like i was, I was saying to my husband last night we, we were we were just talking about this stuff it's like it's just it's on my mind lately but you know i i was thinking like maybe this is kind of related to what we're talking about but like you know i think there's a there's there's entertainment and there's art and there's this tiny silver where they like intersect where there's so i would say you know entertainment is sports too you know it's like some entertainment is also art. A lot of entertainment isn't trying to be art, doesn't think it's art, doesn't want to be art. And of course, like the opposite is true. Like some art is entertainment. Some art is like, it's not 
caring about that. It's not for that at all. And I think there are people who like just do not acknowledge this whole like all of the art that isn't entertainment. It's like they don't think it exists. It they assume maybe like that art is trying to be entertainment and failing. Does that do you know what I mean? I do. And I do. And then I wonder if like I it's making right now I'm thinking about these other things like you were talking about how your mom and your dad were creative in the way that they were talking with their students and their uh patients. Is that how would you say a, a social worker's Yeah, yeah, pa- I don't patients, client clients? Yeah, something like that. Cases? Yeah, people. I don't know. They're people. Yeah, yeah. So you That's know, like what? Like I mean, I think creativity, like you said before, a lot of people think creativity is art, when of course, like some creativity is art. Creativity is just creativity, and ap- applying that creativity to our identities, to our authenticity, to like how we practice everything that we do. Um, you know, applying it to people, and just like having a paradigm shift about like you know, if I'm not going to major in violin, does that mean I stop playing the violin? You know, like how can we keep those things? And I think our, our like American culture is really bad at that. Yeah. It's the, it's so fast paced and there's so much going on now and and time feels like it's so much more limited. So to have, um, that creative outlet is such a, seems like such a low priority and, and, and so hard to, um, let that keep emerging and, and staying important, yeah. especially when you don't have like any, like a performance or a, right. a final something to aim for. Totally. It's really hard to just do that. Which is why I think it falls off after high school. Cause in high school, you, you, you're the way that the system is, uh, you know, the infrastructure is set up. You're going to have some electives. Those electives are going to be like having a performance. You're working towards something. And, you know, to a lesser extent that happens in college. Although I think, you know, people stop, they, they like don't take their violin to college, you right. know, or they don't have access to a piano at college or they don't have an art studio. Um, where like, you know, the, even their elective credits, like they just can't, they're limited in some way. Well, it feels like high school is in a lot of ways and growing up is like about exploration and yeah. trying all these different things. And then when you go There's to college, you often, maybe. yeah, you often have to make this choice like, okay, well I'm going to do this. So this is the type of college I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to that college. You're there. And then they don't have those other things right. maybe. Yeah. So I feel like it, like when I went to college, it was like, okay, I mean, these are funny options, but I'm either going to go into theater, I'm going to go into dance or I'm going to go into um, music. Yeah. So, but I had to choose. And at that right. point I was like, okay, I'm going to do theater and yeah. dance. So I don't need to bring my violin. Right. And so, yeah. So, yeah, those so choices that's have even to happening made. to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're right you have to make choices, right. which I think when other people are telling you like, you know, well, you you have to choose, uh, to make money or you have to choose to be creative. Like, you know, that stuff is true ish in some ways, but like, certainly we can kind of be more creative. So with, a, with a lot of artists that I interview, um, we spend kind of a lot of time talking about this, this period of time where you're like finishing high school and choosing a major or choosing mm-hmm. where to live. Um, And I think this is the point where a lot of artists have to do some real soul searching and think Mm -hmm. like, am I a musician or am I a person who does music a little, you know, 
Um, and I, and a, a lot of the people that I've interviewed have made the decision. I'm not an artist and they go and try to do something else. And like, it just like doesn't work. Um, and I, I don't, I feel like I don't even need to ask you this question because like, it's so clear that like you are an artist. That's something that you're like definitely owning way before you're 18. Um, but is there anything that you want to say about like that decision-making process of how you tried to choose I feel like it came to me. I don't feel like I actually chose. It's really weird. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even feel like I have ad- identified with being an artist until maybe. A, I don't even know if I. I feel like that. I. I feel like I identify with being a choreographer. I identified with with um, being a musician and, and and making art and doing these things. But it's. It's, I rarely call myself an artist and I yeah. don't know why. Well, I mean, I just mean, I mean big, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm a dancer versus totally. like, I'm a person who takes dance sometimes. Like, right, right. my sister-in-law, she is 18, um, just, just, you know, her first semester of college. Um, and she was one of those that was doing dance like every single right. day. And she's not doing any now. Right. So, I mean, I guess it still happens like that. But like to be a young person and being able to say like, I, I'm a dancer. I mean, how could I not be? I'm doing it 30 hours a week. Right, right, right. Um, but I guess, yeah, even still, like, that can just turn into, like, a week later, I'm not a dance. I'm not dancing. I don't know. I Yeah, I feel like it, it again, it, like, um, it sort of told me where to go more yeah. than me saying, this is what I want to do. What's it? It is the just, art. It oh, is, yeah. like, the trajectory. Yeah. It, like, so, you know, when I started to... to get more serious about things in college, let's say, I followed what was interesting to me. Yeah. Rather than making intellectual choice about which direction I wanted what to go was in. Right or yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, okay, well, th- this is naturally happening. So I'm dancing a lot more than I'm doing theater and acting. I see, I see. Yeah. And so there must be something in that that maybe there's a strength to that. And then I started to realize things like I actually like expressing myself through movement. I understand that language better than I do trying to learn a script of words. And so then I made the choice, you know what? I want to be more serious about dancing. Here's a choice, I guess, apparently. But I was aware of that. I wanted to, I was aware of the fact that I was finding more opportunity in dance. And then I was like, you know what? I I feel like I need a stronger program in dance. Mm. And so then I transferred schools after my freshman year of college because I wanted a stronger program. Yeah. Um, but I, and then, so I sort of kind of listened, kind of listened to things. Yeah. I listened to, um, different opportunities and just really was aware of that. Yeah. Ra- like, um, rather than this is what I want to do and yeah. this is where I want to end up. It was sort of felt a, more of a natural that, allowing totally. of, of things to unfold. That like listening, allowing, do you feel like that was something that you had to learn or was that just like, do you feel like that's just like your Daniel thing. Like that's just, yeah, I think it's maybe my Daniel thing. Yeah. I don't know that I actually learned to do that. I know. I, I feel like probably at a point I started to become aware of it. Yeah. And aware and how that's big how of a I strength roll. that is. I mean, I think surely you've talked to, I mean, I have to assume you've talked to plenty of other artists who learned that. Like I really had to kind of painfully learn it. Painfully learn to like, to listen, to listen, to yeah. pay attention to like yeah. what, you know, instead of intellectualizing everything and, kind of going outside in. And I think that's how I work now, even as a choreographer. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I do my, I do research and I have a lot of thoughts about things, but it's visceral. And I, I just kind of, I allow things to, to come to me and I, I work spontaneously. Um, but that's all coming from 
um, who I've become up to that moment of, of creation sure. and, and all those yeah. factors rather than intellectualizing. Well, if I put a person here on stage, it's going to mean this. And then if yeah. they come together, it's going to mean that. You kind of trust um, your gut and then later yeah. maybe kind of pick it apart and exactly. try to think like why. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly. great. Um, can I ask like up to this point, you're like what, 20? Well, college age. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're kind of switching schools. Um, yeah. 19. What, what, ha- what had been, like your biggest kind of like art related or just human related, like, um, like struggle, like what was, what were the lessons that you feel like you were like having to work through if any, what were the lessons I was having to work through? I mean, you know, yeah. for me, my bias is like this stuff we are talking about, like following your path and that stuff is like, that stuff was not taught to me or modeled for me as a child. So I learned that stuff. Like I discovered those things as an adult. Um, I think, you know, maybe like, I think if I had had parents like your parents, it would have been like my Emily thing too. Like, I think that's where my, like my natural like resonance is more there, but I had to like discover it as an adult. So for me, like, you know, when, when I'm trying to like think about like what was difficult for me, like it's, it's that stuff. And so like, I don't even, like, I have to assume there was like some, you know, stuff that you were like, so for you, like, what what was that stuff that you were having to like? I mean, I always, and I still am, I, I feel personal insecurity and anxiety about things. Yeah. And so to really, and, and, and the vulnerability of putting yourself out there, I, I'm still really not comfortable with it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like my road has been very smooth and it's been very fun and I've met incredible people. But I think that the things that really have sort of um, always been with me are the, are the kind of deep insecurities about who I am actually strangely like it seems like it's all smooth and happy but it's like when I really um introspect into myself it's it's like um I have I still have anxiety when I'm I'm putting my work out there I'm still insecure and and get nervous when I'm meeting people and it's those kind of things that um don't seem huge but they've really been a part of um I think my kind of evolution yeah. in a lot of ways. And those things I feel also push me in a certain way totally. and, and, and help me rise um, and really um, in a lot of ways support me. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird um, back and forth with the, with those things. Do you want to be, do you want to like expand on that thought of like how it's a push and pull or how it like, like how? Well, <laughs> how I does think it do that, both? I think it gives me focus. Yeah. So I, I feel like I must, I must feel the pressure from the outside to, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and want to, and, and want to be perceived as being a good person and doing a good job. And, mm-hmm. and I want people to like what I'm doing, even though when I make it, I, I try to go into it with the, the, not that, yeah but it's still there. It is. And so it's, it's yeah. always kind of confronting that. And, and, um, um, but, but I think it pushes me because it sharpens my focus. Yeah. And so, you know, when I'm anxious about something or, or I'm having a lot of a worry about something, I, I focus yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I find clarity and, um, same thing with the insecurity. It's like, it, it, it maybe helps me be a better person because I'm concerned about, um, certain things. Yeah. You're like, um, conscientious probably. Yeah. If you're feeling insecure, you're maybe like more just, you're careful. 
you're right. thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, this like this stuff we're talking about right here, this is exactly like this art and artifice stuff that I'm that I'm like so interested in. Like what is the interplay between like when I'm creating something, I'm fully just like in it, but then like, you know, balancing that with that like I want people to like it. I want mm -hmm. people to see me. Um I mean, it's weird, like even, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you, please. Even like to identify as a choreographer is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I do that professionally. So I do get paid to do that. Yeah. I have a degree. I have a master's degree in choreography. Yeah. Um, but I, it's hard for me to claim to be a choreographer because it feels that then I've achieved this thing. Yeah. Like, okay, I've, I've solved that now. I'm a choreographer. Yeah. When in fact, I feel like I'm still striving to choreograph. Because yeah. I, I don't feel like I've figured it out yet. Yeah. So it's, that's a, I don't know if that's a, a weird identity thing, but I, it's always been a little bit, even to say like, oh, I'm an artist. It's like, I am striving to make art. Right. So, but I, so yes. I don't know what the deal is on that, but there's something about that for me that I, I come back to. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's great. Like, you know, it's, I, I've, this is, I just released episode 30 of this podcast so I feel like I'm still very much at the beginning, like 30 artists is no artists, you know, mm -hmm. like it's That's just a lot like, to me. Right. I mean, I but we're all so different, you know, there's mm -hmm. no patterns. And like, I, I want to talk about this stuff because I know we all have it. Like, what's the kind of what what is happening between like the art that people see and the, the Daniel that people see, the Emily that people see and the Daniel, the Emily, the art that's kind of like where we're like dealing with these things. I know we all have some version of it, mm -hmm. um, but it's a hard question to ask because in the asking of it, like it, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, to I'm totally after this kind of thing. So, you know, I think a lot of people would assume that if you, have the like guts or chutzpah or whatever to get a master's degree in choreography, that means you're confident about it. You know, I think people think that. Right, like, right, I, right, I don't right. think it. Right. I know that like if we had a room full of artists, they would all be like, oh, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. But like other people yeah. would be like, well, that is evidence that you're confident about it. And we all know like that is not at all what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you think about like, like if it's not, com if, if confidence isn't the thing that's like, what is it? Like what propels it? How do you keep doing it when you kind of are feeling like, am I this? I mean, I must have confidence, even yeah, though maybe I don't fess some up kind of so much. Or there's a, or it's a certain kind. Yeah. Um, I just, I've always been curious and, um, I, I'm so interested in, I think the power of art and the power of dance to try to better the world because yeah. it really taps into who we are on a really deep level. Um, and I think that human beings, the, the way they, they are aesthetic is very unique. They have this sort of creative thing. It's a very unique thing for the creatures, um, us as humans. But um, I just, I don't know. I you don't know, know. I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Just like your... Um kind of philosophy about like why dance is important well well i mean that's such a huge question it but i think huge. it's i think that the the beauty of dance i mean i think the crux of it is um through uh, through choreography and art making is to try to express things about our humanity that are really hard to express through words yes and so i think that we have this thing where we need to be able to define and identify everything and say this is this way because of that? Or these are the problems we're having and here's like my description of it. But we can always do that. 
And so we, we have our own thoughts, we have our own feelings. And um, sometimes to see something on stage, to see a dance, to experience a dance um, makes you feel a certain way. And you don't know how to tell people what that, that, what that is, but it makes you go through an emotional experience. And I, I think sometimes processing those experiences um, and not feeling the pressure to have to define them with words yeah. is very important. Yeah. And so I think that that in terms of the visual art form is very important. And then in terms of education and dance education, um, with um, Ryrie Woodbury Dance Company, which where I'm the artistic director, we do a ton of outreach and education. Yeah. And it's, it feels so empowering, especially when we're working with these kids, to be able to um, use their bodies, express themselves with their bodies, yeah. be creative with their bodies. You mean like um, kind of a, as opposed to words? As opposed that, yeah. to words. Yeah. Um, and because we are physical beings yeah. and because um, that's part of uh, who we are. And then we, we have this consciousness that gives us this ability to, to have an aesthetic point of view yeah. and to have creativity in a certain way and to be aware of this creativity. Yeah. So the awareness that we have as a species in this world is unique and different. And I think, mm. um, I really think that through experiencing these, these movement classes and experiencing dance in a certain way, you do gain things like compassion and creativity. And like, if you're talking about creativity, yeah. I mean, I think businesses and things like NASA hire artists and dancers to come in totally. because they're they They have a unique point of view because they're, they learn how to, to um, think outside the box yeah. and, and think in new ways. Yeah. Um, I'm rambling on a little bit, no, but no, I love it, but uh, it's just like, there's so much value in it. And I, I just, even touching each other. Yeah. No. And in this, you know, we're disconnected and we're connected in new and different ways, but just the ability to be in a room and make eye contact and touch each other yeah. can teach us such valuable things like compassion and, and trusting people. Yeah. And um, I fully agree. Like it, it's totally where it's at. I mean, yeah, I, I've been, I, I I'm the type of person who processes out loud. Like, mm -hmm. so, I mean, I'm very verbal. That's just like, that's my way. Um, but, uh, but I, it's not like the kind of thing where like, I think it, it like I have to talk things through to figure mm -hmm. things out, which is maybe one reason why I want to have a podcast about this stuff <laughs> right. because I think about it so much right. and it, it's, you know, it's like floating all around and <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot recently and maybe it's just like, I don't know. I feel like, burdened by like some of the things that are like going on in our country, like sure. things that are going on in our state here in Utah, especially, um, things that I just see and experience things that are going on in my family. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I struggle to articulate like some of these things that we're talking about that, that are like impossible to articulate, like right. they are not verbal things, but like the trust that you're building when you're doing art. And I, and I think to some extent, like, you know, my medium is like the human voice, mm -hmm. which sometimes is words, but like so much of it is this like paralinguistic, mm -hmm. like, you know, what is that voice crack? What is that like guttural thing? Um, what does it mean to have breath in your voice? Like, how does that, like, how does that elicit an, an, a visceral reaction in your body, in the, in the bodies of people who are hearing it? That stuff is intangible in such an important way. Um, do you know what I love about dance too is that yeah. the, the way it deals with time? Yeah. Because I think right now 
the our time in this world is shifting so much in terms of it feels fast. Yeah. It feels like, oh my God, how is it October already? I feel like it was just the holidays like two September seconds ago. September was two hours long. How am I now, <laughs> you know, middle like 47? Yeah. Like when did that ever happen? Yeah. And dance, we sit back and deal with time in a different way. Yeah. We have to take the time. We have to allow this art form to unfold in front of us. Yeah. Or we have to move and it takes time to move. And I think that that sort of... Um, kind of stepping out is so important to experience that. Mm -hmm. Um, and because we're getting in touch with our bodies yeah. and we're getting in touch with our humanity. So I, other, I just yeah, feel like it's important. And, and other bodies and other, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I want to maybe ask sort of a leading question. Okay. I'm going to go for it just in case, um, just in case like your brain is like going in a place that my brain is going. Okay. So I was talking before about this like entertainment circle and mm. this art circle. And I think the way that this like works with dance is like, you know, I, th I think people who maybe like, I'm just like thinking about like this, I'm talking, thinking about my family right now. Um, who maybe okay. don't believe that art like exists. Like, and, and I really mean this in a certain way, but like for dance, some dance is, um, it's like, it's acrobatic and it's like impressive and it's like entertaining in this like very particular way. And some dance is like not even trying to do that at all. You know this, I'm saying it for like those who yeah, don't. That's, that's cool. Right. So I, I maybe just want to ask you like, as someone who's like in this dance medium um to just maybe say like when you're in when your goal isn't to like wow with like acrobatics or like flexibility or like you know superhuman whatever what is your goal does that make sense it like, does yeah well it's complicated so ultimately the the idea would be that okay i have an idea and i want to express it through movement and, and I have a concept. And so those define my parameters. What do I need to do um, in this piece to express that idea? Yeah. So that's, that's sort of the idealistic um, thing. Okay, I have an idea. I want to express it. And I, I'm going to do whatever I need. I'm going to use whatever I need, whatever type of music, whatever mm -hmm. type of movement to express that idea. And I, it, I'm not so concerned with... Um, the entertainment factor. Right. Yeah. However, yeah, it's, I don't think that simple. And yeah. I think what happens is, um, things like economics become involved. Mm. Um, so, uh, so for instance, um, and, and practicality. And so like, for instance, and context. So I, you know, I serve as artistic director of, of, of Ryrie Woodbury dance company where I'm resident choreographer. So I now, um, which is amazing. Yeah. And there's this infrastructure. It's a nonprofit organization. We do tons of great work in the community and around the country and we travel and it's amazing. But there's a certain, now there's a context. Mm -hmm. Now we have an audience that is important to maintain. Yeah. Now we have funders that are important because they help make the dance possible. Right. So without them, um, this wouldn't exist at all ever. Yeah. And so now we're placing in the context of, let's say, a theater space, and then we're putting in the context of, okay, we have an audience and we have some funders that are very important. Yeah. And so I do in the back of my mind understand that and, yeah. and realize that. And um, in a lot of ways, 
yeah, like we had this artist come in and Ann Carlson and she made a dance for the company and she was very into the idea of that everything's site specific. And I really, that resonates so much for me. So in the context of that, how do you make work that's specific to that environment, mm. to that community? Yeah. Um, and so it's complicated. It's really it tricky. So as much as I can maintain my point of view and here's the concept I have and here's what I want to express, I, I know that I'd also want people to come to dance. Yeah. And I know that I want people to have... Um, it doesn't have to be an enjoyable experience. It's nice when it's an enjoyable experience, yeah. but to have an experience yeah. and to have something that makes them think. Yeah. And kind of the beauty is that, I mean, sometimes you don't connect with things and that can either be a person or you go to a movie, but you still keep going to movies right. and you still keep meeting people. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty also is that sometimes the stuff that doesn't resonate or that you don't like, or that's not entertaining can often make you think deeper or yeah. deeply as well. And it so it does to be for open some of that, us for sure. Yeah. I mean, I know that I'm like that. Like, I mean, like I, I just had, I had a very long conversation about this last night with my husband. So Shocking. it's all like, no, you're, <laughs> you're getting, you're getting it. It's <laughs> like, cool. it's landing here right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, when I see, when I like, uh, see or, uh, you know, participate in, read, watch art that I, uh, that I don't connect with. Like my, my like gut reaction is not like, wow, they failed at that. My gut reaction is like, this wasn't for me. Um, but I know that there are a lot of people who like, don't get the arts mm -hmm. who just think like they were trying to entertain me and failed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I just wish that like the thing that maybe I want to kind of like illuminate from like an artist's perspective is like, our goal isn't maybe what you think all the mm -hmm. time, but it is like complicated. So mm -hmm. when you're trying to balance those things, you know, you're thinking about some of that kind of like entertainment value or like costuming, like what other stuff like goes well, into it for you? Well, here's the thing. It's a little bit of a tangent, but go for it. Um, one thing that I've realized with dance is when, when I've, when I've sort of given people the agency to not have to figure it out, and say to an audience or say to people like, okay, here is this dance experience mm -hmm. you're going to have. And here's what I'd like you to think about mm -hmm. is don't go into this feeling like you have to figure it out and solve what it's about yeah. and be able to express that in a narrative. Mm. So, and then I often say things like, so if you, if you smell things and let's say you smell something that's really, you love the smell of it. Like you smell popcorn yeah. that makes you feel a certain way. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to tell a story about how that makes you feel. You yeah, just know that just, that makes you feel yeah. a certain way. So if you go into the dance the same way, if you may see something that makes you feel sad, you may see something that makes you feel happy. You may see a, an incredible athletic feat. Yeah. That's just beautiful to watch. Yeah. You may connect to a dancer and that's what it's about. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about this a narrative, a narrative, or, yeah, a goal. Yeah. And I'll, often people come up to me afterwards and they're like, thank you for that. Just because it yeah. relieved the pressure. Cause I think people get, they go into these artistic things that they, they deem to be artistic, kind of what you're talking yeah. about. And they feel like they, they aren't, they, are not smart enough to yeah, figure it they out. They have a responsibility to right. solve it. And so, yeah, exactly. They have a responsibility to solve yeah. it. And when you relieve that pressure, 
I think people have a better experience because it's not about that. It's about having your own experience. And we bring our own histories, we bring our own personalities to what we see in art. And the interpretation comes from who we are as a person. The point. Right. That's what it's about. But I think kind of relieving that pressure of that has has really proved a um um a powerful way for me to kind of bring people to dance. Um so that's that's something that I think is really important. I mean, I must say here in Utah. Um, especially I've noticed that things like, you know, when the Eccles theater opened downtown and, and the big musicals that come through, I think people know those and connect to those and are comfortable with that. And so I think that's, that's something that, um, is very popular. And then, um, like those types of things make, I think it doesn't challenge them in the same ways. And so it's just, it's kind of different. And so I think that's what the art can do. And yeah. again, I think that to relieve people of the pressure of figuring it out is yeah. really important. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah, in terms of entertainment, I, I do think about things. I think about musical choices. I think about um, costuming choices yeah. um, that are, I guess, appropriate in certain ways. Yeah. Um, also, be, I think because I fall, a lot of my work now falls under the um, umbrella of an organization. Yeah. I think that affects me in a certain way, in, in yeah. a good way. Your, I, I, the organization has like sort of a mission or something that's yeah, kind of yeah. filtering some things for you. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm a part of that vision more than it being like, I, I here's here's my vision. My right. vision is a part of this organization now. Right. It's not a singular thing. And I, I enjoy that. I feel lucky about that. And um, sometimes the limitations are nice. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate oh, that. I totally feel the same way. It just got so dark in it here. It did. That was dramatic. That was extreme. I feel like we should shift. Yeah, I no, need I'm to like kidding. turn the lights on. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a second in case it comes back. But yeah, it just went from like noon it did. to like 7 p.m. in this room in like 10, 10 seconds, five seconds. It was really extreme. It's true. A storm's rolling in. Um, let's, let's talk about, um, let's like transition for a minute and talk about like, the time in your life where you went from being a student to being like a working professional, just anything you want to share about like, you know, uh, any stories you want to tell about like how you are like hustling for your like, you know, rent, uh, whatever it is like building an actual career. So you, you built this creative skill. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I feel like I, I, I say I, I'm lucky, but I know I've worked hard as well. And so it was all like one thing just kind of led to the next. Um, I was working professionally really in high school. Yeah. I mean, it, technically this company that I was working with. So, I, you know, I was getting paid. I was teaching in the studios. Look, the light came back it on. It came back. <laughs> um, I was teaching in the studios already. So I was getting paid in a certain way. Obviously I wasn't, that wasn't, you know, obviously I wasn't making a living at that, but it was yeah. like, I was still kind of in a professional environment. Totally. And then as I went to college, I started to do, I was doing summer stock in the summer times. And so I was able to explore my musical theater and get paid to do that and, and work towards um, being in the um, actors union and things like that. So I feel like it was, it sort of was like a fade, a cross yeah. fade. Yeah. So it wasn't this moment of like graduation and then I'm going to work, but it was like, I was already kind of doing it in some ways. I think that's what I was trying to say before yeah. about how art is weird in this way. Like, because you don't need a license, the transition between like, you know, full-time professional and like, you know, a serious amateur is like very blurry. Yeah. Like in a monetary way. Yeah, totally. You're making a little, then you're making more, then you're making enough, then you're making, you know. Well, hopefully. I mean, that's, that's the the ideal scenario. I, I remember moving to New York when I graduated college 
and I didn't know where to go and I didn't know what to do, but I, I got a BFA in dance um, from North Carolina School of the Arts. And I was like, well, I don't really have anything. So I think maybe I'll just move to New York and see what happens because that's what people do. That is what people do. Um, How did I, it go? Well, I went there um, and I was excited to be there. And then a company in Indianapolis called Dance Kaleidoscope was having an audition. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this audition. Yeah. And so I ended up getting that job and it was a 35 week contract. Wow. Um, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to leave New York now. And I was excited about um, the, uh, the Taylor company in New York. And I, w I got a scholarship mm -hmm. to go study at their school. And so it was like kind of choosing to leave those opportunities and those mm -hmm. potential pathways. That is hard. That but, is a difficult decision. Yeah. But I knew like, I was like, well, this is 35 weeks of work. Yeah. I'm going to be dancing a lot. New York is not going anywhere. New York is not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And it proved to be such a great experience and a great moment of transition actually yeah. from being a student yeah. to being a professional. Because I think what happened was um, their artistic director, David Hochoy, he looked at me and he looked at us as um, artists Yeah. and I didn't feel like a student anymore. He was asking us to be responsible for things in a certain way that I never had to be before. Mm -hmm. He was giving us opportunities as performers and the way that he, um, I don't know, the way he allowed us to be professionals and artists was really profound for me. Yeah. I was like, wow, these people aren't like, my teachers aren't telling me what to do anywhere. Right. My schedule is not defined by this, you know, the semester thing. It's like, I need to kind of step up and rise to this the occasion of 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 this. Yeah. And he just it was part of the culture there and he asked us to do that. He asked me to do that. I was 22. Yeah. Just green and right out of college and yeah. it was a great moment of transition um I into get, the kind of being a professional. Yeah. I get really that like uh like jittery like excited feeling when I when I talk with people about like going into that ownership. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think for some people it happens when you're young. Like I, I know children who have ownership in the same way that professionals have it, mm -hmm. who just are like, I am in control of this art. Like, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I, yeah. and I know full-time professionals who don't really have it. Right. Um, but that is like that. I think that's so exciting. Mm -hmm. But do you want to like, art, maybe try to articulate like any of like what that particularly meant for you? like that kind of responsibility or that ownership or like going from. I just remember being, I just remember having like a moment of realization yeah, and just being like, Oh wait, I'm not in college anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm being asked to be who I am as an artist. Yeah. I'm, I'm being to asked to be responsible for yeah. things that I didn't have to be responsible for before. Does that mean like thing, like what, it, what can you give me an example? Um, I think responsibility towards my time. I think mm -hmm. responsibility and respect towards the time of the organization. I think um, not being spoon fed in terms of how to like, let's say even dance a role, Yeah. but here's the role and how are you going to interpret this? Right. Like um, having a perspective. Yeah. Having a point of view. Yeah. I think things like that yeah. was really the, the, even the paycheck, the steady paycheck and the health insurance was like, Oh, I, you know, this isn't being given to me anymore. I'm actually earning this. Yeah. And so like just those things, um, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. I think like, I, I, I mean, I get, I get like a little obsessive about these topics because I'm a teacher and I'm always trying to think of like how I can get my students to like 
get that light turned on of mm-hmm. like, you are allowed to have a perspective about this. And like, right. I want you to try. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I think maybe like one thing we can say here is like, you know, I think a lot of people assume that like someone's going to tell you, like give, give you a stamp and say like, now you are, mm-hmm. but like you had already finished school. Um, and like, it, it's a separate thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not related to your schooling or some approval or like, you know, getting a scholarship, winning a thing, getting a job that like, you know, um, choice or experience of like becoming like, a person with a perspective like that's your own that's your personal work it is and it's 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 being given the opportunities also or earning the opportunities yeah. i mean because I, I can trace like the people that have sort of yeah opened the doors for me along the way or given me the opportunities or, yeah. or selected me for whatever reason you have to choose to like step through it i mean yeah did, exactly did you see people ever who were given that permission who just like couldn't wouldn't do it wouldn't take it I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I, I feel don't. like I see it all the time. Yeah. Like I see like, people who mean? are like capable of having a perspective who just like won't like just will not do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's another one of those things like, you know, what does it mean to be an artist? And I think like that, this moment that we're talking about that, like, you know, maybe we can take for granted because we're people who when presented with this opportunity are like, okay. Um, but you know, I think some people like they, they can't, you know, they don't do it or can't do it or I don't know. I just, I get, I get, I get stuck on these moments mm-hmm. where like, you know, you, the door is open. Like, are you going to walk through it? And mm-hmm. like, what skills does it take to walk through it? Is it just a choice or is it some kind of skill? Is it like something that you just have? Well, that's really interesting. I I think it goes back to my upbringing and the way my parents were and the person that I, I kind of became because of their influence. And I think it has to do with um, being a good person. Mm. And so I think that, and being nice to people yeah. and um, respecting people. And so I think when these opportunities um, presented themselves to me, I entered with that attitude and that openness and that ability to, to, to be the person who I was. And I think that helped that, that stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe what it did is these people like, uh, it's a lot of like these trajectories, a lot of moments of like either auditioning for something and somebody mm-hmm. saying, yes, you're right for this yeah. or applying for somebody, something and somebody saying, yes, you're right for this. But I think part of that upbringing and who I am and, and um, how I feel about being compassionate and respectful towards people has helped all of that. Yeah. That's um, really interesting. So, I mean, yeah, like how? I like I feel like I know what you're saying. Well, but like how? You know, well, like how are those things related? Cuz I feel like I I get why that's related cuz I think I I relate to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I mean, f- for me I think like I I have like a have you are you familiar with like Carol Dweck's work with like the fixed mindset growth mindset no. stuff? It, it, I, it's you should something tell the that like, about it. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> if viewers. even if my guess is like even if you are not familiar with it, you're familiar with these okay. these ideas. Yeah. But like you know, growth mindset being like you can change, you can grow. Like your 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 skill set is not fixed, and fixed mindset being like 
the opposite. Like you're fixed. And I think I have like, I have a growth mindset that's in my makeup. Like I didn't, I didn't learn it. I didn't work toward it. That's just like, that's, that's my personality. Um, and I love to believe that like everyone is capable of growth. And of course, like it's fairly easy to um, wrap your mind around the idea that like someone is capable of like, you know, increasing their flexibility, increasing their muscle mass, like those things are, but like, can people increase their ability to like walk through that door? Like, can you have a growth mindset about that? And I think I get obsessed with these things because I care about art. I've seen it change people. I care about creativity, how it shapes our world. NASA wants creatives. Are you talking about having like an open mind? I, I don't know. Like, or, or having like a, an open, like a, um, no, I think I'm talking about having an open capability, like mm-hmm. having like, like the ability to adapt. Yeah. Or like, you know, so when you, Daniel can like walk through that door, when, when you have, when you are presented with, um, people who are saying like, I want you to have a perspective. I want you to take this responsibility. And you kind of feel like I can walk through this door because it's like who I am. Are there people who like, it's not who they are. And so they can't, because well, that feels sad to me. Well, what you're making me think of is like, I know a lot of dancers, let's say who like get really, um, like fixated and like, I'm going to get in this one dance company mm. and they put all their eggs into that. And they're like, they totally focus on that. So they say no to other things mm. and then they end up never getting into that company. Yeah. And so the ability to, to follow the trajectory that's sort of presented to you, even if it's not the one that you've yeah. sort of decided that, that you want, that this is what I'm going to do. But that adaptability of like, oh, actually there's an opportunity over here. I'm going to explore that, even yeah. though it's not what I thought I was going to be doing. Right. So it sounds like it's the ability to, to adapt and shift yeah. like that that to you're move, talking about. To move, to stay open. Yeah. yeah, to stay open. Because if you, if you sort of put all your eggs in one basket and then let's say that artistic director just you're not their type yeah. for whatever reason yeah for whatever reason you can't do anything about it you're never going to get into that company and then you know 10 yeah. years later you know what opportunities have you have you passed by and mm. what trajectory would have that taken you on yes so I, I wonder if it's that ability to adapt a little bit totally i mean it's yeah it's creativity in this kind of like meta sort of a way <laughs> that's right I mean, cause yeah, it happens both ways. Like, cause it can also happen if someone tells you, yes, you are right for this. Mm-hmm. That can also make you be like, I am, I am, I am mm-hmm. this. And then later you're like, but I'm not this other thing because I, they told me I was this, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I mean, I think like getting the thing and not getting the thing can equally be like, um, right. Har- harmful or great. Formative. Yeah. yeah right. Formative. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, you know, like when we're talking about like what eggs you're putting, what eggs, what basket you're putting your eggs in. Right. Yeah. Yes. I'm like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, like if you decide to put your eggs in a computer programming basket, does that mean like, well, I'm not a violinist anymore. You know, like, can we be creative about that stuff too? Can we say like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do computer programming, but I'm determined to like maintain. Well, I mean, part of it is how you define, let's say, being a violinist. Like, if you're like, if the, a violinist equals a paid position, that's yeah. one thing. I still identify with being a violinist because yeah. it was very important to me, even though I don't play anymore. Um, but, but, I feel like I could play, but I still identify with that. Well, and I would submit the idea that, like, 
being, you know, being a violinist possibly doesn't even have anything to do with like holding a violin, holding a bow. Like it might have to do with like how you think, you know, like, I mean, you can, you can own that identity, right. Regardless of whether like you're ever putting a ballet shoe on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that can, that can inform like, you know, I, I, um, I interviewed, uh, this great composer educator in our community, Philip Bimstein, who's fantastic amazing man. And he teaches this class at the U called, um, composing a community. And now you can think as a composer about like your community. Yeah. I love that. I love it too. Like the, and so, I mean, that's why like, I don't know, I, I get stuck on like these little moments of like, what does that mean about like who you are? And can someone who, for whom walking through that door, like for you, that's something that's like, but yeah, I'm going to walk through it. But like maybe for someone who like, it's not, and not to say it was easy for you, but like some kind of intuitive, you get it for someone who doesn't have that automatically. Like, can they learn it? Can we teach it? Can we like, can we, can we build these kinds of like artfully minded, um, you know, inner workings in, non-art fields you know i don't know maybe you're talking too about like the things that art can bring to an individual like um uh, i don't know like i keep saying creativity that's not quite the the one i want to think about but like i guess the ability to explore the ability to risk the ability yeah the curiosity of it yeah and i think that that those skills like when i think about going in and, and teaching a creative movement class for kids those are some great skills. Yeah. And then if you're given this open door, can you approach that and that new experience with those same things, the curiosity? Yes. Um, like it's not about the dancing necessarily. Exactly. Like maybe sometimes it is, but That's, more often it's about like exactly. being a human and being open and paying attention and right. being adaptable. A lot of the, I mean, most of the kids we teach through our education and outreach, they're not going to be dancers. Yeah. But again, they it's are going to be dancers, though. Yeah, right? but it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. But they're, yeah. they're like, let's say they're not going to be a dancer for a career, yeah. probably. But they're, but they can still be dancers in their affect. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the skills that come with it. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. the stuff, the stuff that they have to do in the mm-hmm. studio with each other. Yeah. Cooperation. Sometimes yeah. kids who have trouble communicating, suddenly they can communicate in a different way. Yeah. Um, but it's that kind of the curiosity. That vulnerability, maybe. curiosity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, paradigm. The ability to shift your paradigm or yeah. the, I mean. Curiosity is a good one. Yeah. I'm obsessed with curiosity. I yeah. talk about it all the time. <laughs> I mean, and I think for me, like, you know, my, like my backstory is pretty transparent with that stuff. Like I was, I was an artistic child in, in a family of non-artists, mm-hmm. um, and, and in a community of non-artists. And, uh, and I, I don't know. I just like, I think so much about like, how, how could that community of like, I can take myself out of it, but also like, can it change? You know, like, can it, can it move? Can things like, um, I want to ask you to, if you can, to clarify what you mean by like, you know, being like a nice person, like being respectful of people, how that interacted with your ability to walk through that door. Well, it keeps coming back and I meet people all the time and you know, I don't know, you kind of get like a reputation or, you know, when people are good or not. And I think that, um, I feel like it's so important because it, it just 
creates the environment to explore art in a certain way is is just this ability to be compassionate and kind towards people and yeah. i just i don't know i just feel like my that that sort of enabled me to have a certain open mind mm. when i came in and, and this sort of acceptance towards people either that i'm working with and it gets rocky and it's not all happy stuff and sometimes the conflict in the room and in a studio can be a good thing and, and push us in certain directions but i think what it does is it makes people want to work with you yeah. And then sort of those, the, that, that thing opens doors and gives you opportunities. Yeah. And I know that like for me as somebody who now does actually hire dancers, um, that's really important. I like, I want to be yeah. with these people. I want to be with them. Yeah. And, um, they, you know, and everybody's got a point of view and I love that and I appreciate that. But in, in everybody's heart, I feel like they're really good people. Yeah. And I, I just feel like that helps everybody kind of excel and it's a microcosm of the world in so many ways it's like yes here's here's the company that i work for and there's six dancers and me and we're in the studio a lot together there's seven of us yeah and we're constantly grappling like a family yeah. and loving each other and having moments of conflict and working through them yeah. but at, at the bottom of that is this kindness and respect for each other that i think kind of overwhelms everything else in a good way yeah and so all of these communities that I'm in and these companies I've worked for and um, um, organizations I've been a part of, that cooperation and that respect is really, I mean, if we could do that in everywhere in the world, yeah. it would be, um, I think, kind of profound in a positive way. Yes. So Let's I guess that's sort of Hardcore amen. Yeah. Um, I experience really, I'm a band leader. So oh, cool. I experience really similar dynamics in, you know, the band is anywhere from like five people to nine people. Mm -hmm. And then I hire other people. So like sometimes I put out multiple bands in a night and I think about this stuff a ton with yeah. like, what is it? What, how does this stuff apply in like leadership? Mm -hmm. And then like, how can we take these skills and like, you know, maybe bring them out of like where we're working in our, in our like art places. So maybe let's like talk about this a little bit more as kind of like the, the last thing we're talking about, if that's cool with you. Um, do, can we talk about like how you can apply these kind of like creative minded things to like leadership or like, cause you're, you're like, you're leading this company. I lead an aspect of the company. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I mean, I can start if you like are still thinking, but like, I kind of, I maybe just want to talk about like maybe more specifically, like how you apply these kind of like creative thinking, um, you know, as you're working through this kind of like conflict or like, I mean, how does kind of like your artistic ability, like, um, inform how you handle these like very human things? Oh, that's such an interesting question. How does my artistic, well, I mean, it's like, it's hard to separate me from that. Totally. So it must come into play. Um, um, like for me, like yeah. one, one thing that I, that I think about a lot is like, you know, yeah, just trying to like be creative with the perspectives of like what's happening. So like a, a problem, you know, something that I see a lot is like, if you know, I'm hiring someone new, like someone moves or someone's unavailable and I'm hiring someone new and they like, they don't know how like we do things. They're not like used to like our thing, but like we're working together for, I mean, so that's maybe different than what you're working mm -hmm. with because we'll have like an event or something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, and if, and if someone is not like rising to kind of like my expectation, you know, the, the lazy thing could be to think like, well, this person's not prepared or like this person isn't good at this or like this person is not having good communication skills. Um, but like, you know, my kind of practice is to think like, what else could it be? Like maybe this person is communicating exactly the way that their other band that they work with likes to communicate or they're prepared, you know, there's some communication breakdown or like, you know, some expectation management that's not happening. Um, and I will get like pretty creative about like trying to see the problem through like the most positive possible lens. And then, you know, think about like, like creatively and kind of like openly, you know, uh, trying to align like our creative vision. Um, but I think that's really difficult to do. Like, it's something that I practice. It's something I think about a lot as a leader and I'm sure you're doing similar things. So maybe I just would like to hear you talk about like, as a leader, like what are the things that are tricky? How do you handle it? Well, here's a, a thing that you made me think about is, um, like how do I bring my art to my leadership in some ways is kind of what you're asking. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that as a choreographer, one thing that I'm uh, that's I'm aware of is how I perceive things and how I see. And so when I go mm -hmm. out into the world, I, I observe in a certain way. Yeah. And those observations often play into some con like concepts. So I'll see something and I'll have an idea and then I'll create something based on that idea. Mm. But I my eyes and my vision is different and attuned in a certain way. And I, I wonder if sometimes I can um, sense and read things. So like body language, eye contact, like I think I'm really, really aware of those kind of things. Yeah. And so that hopefully I can, I, I, I might be able to perceive and, and, um, see things happening. Yeah. And, and then that gives me the ability to respond to them and try to figure things out. And so, um, if somebody's not having a good day, let's say for some of some personal reason or something like that, mm -hmm. I feel like I can latch onto that pretty quickly mm -hmm. and perceive that pretty quickly. And I'm, I'm able to adapt or, or ask them about it or, or confront them in a certain way. And, um, so I think that's a good thing. And I think that, um, and, and then having conversations. It's hard. So yeah. yeah, it's hard, but in the end it's not. And ultimately it's a practice. It's, it's right? a practice. Like it's something yeah. you practice. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I think like this conversation is making me think about like, I, I think a lot of us, like certainly as artists, but probably just, you know, as people, we have like these kind of weird superpowers that like we don't even see because they're like just things that we're good at or like other people don't see. They kind of take it for granted. And I think that thing that you're talking about is definitely one of those things like, you know, first the ability to kind of like or I mean, it's like it's an ability. But my guess is also it started with a curiosity and you paid attention mm -hmm. and it's a practice, you know, it's a cultivated skill, um, of being, of being able to perceive people to kind of think like something's going on with this person or like having a bit of a hypothesis about like maybe what's going on and then confronting it, you know, how you're confronting it, having like an art and a finesse of like what you're doing, um, to talk to that person or say like, Hey, where are you today? What's going on? And then I imagine there's like a third step of like how you um, connect that experience that you're having with that person to like the group. Is there? Oh. I mean, maybe how you say like to the group, like this is how we're handling this today. I think that 
I rarely have to, I rarely do a group thing because it feels like often we get into like a therapy session and I don't feel entirely equipped for that. Yeah. So the, I, I, I often try to um, not do the group thing. Yeah. Uh, often what I do is I feel like listening is very important. Mm. So if I'm sensing something that's off, I really, um, I feel like listening is the number one kind of most important thing. Yeah. I think that often um, I understand what's going on better and, and it's nice to talk about things yeah. for people. So I feel like those are very good. I, I, and then I, like when I choreograph and I feel like I use a lot of intuition and a lot of instinct and a lot of um, um, things like that, I feel like that's how I'm learning to um, understand people as well as like to trust yeah. the feelings that I'm having yeah. and to trust the um, instincts that I'm having towards somebody. And then having the ability and the up the power and the vulnerability to, to talk about it yeah, and to bring it up. And even though maybe it sometimes it's a tough thing to do, it's a little bit like rumbling with them and it's yeah. a little bit of a tough That's thing to Brene do. Brown, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the rumble. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, um, it does almost always prove to be a positive thing because at least everybody knows what you're talking about. Well, and that's what I mean with like the group. Like I, I'm not necessarily suggesting, you know, when you, when you make it a group thing that it's like, we're having the same conversation with an individual that we're having with the group, but more that like over time when you've, when you've made it clear as a leader that like you're having these vulnerable, like you are vulnerable, you're willing to be vulnerable um, and you're willing to kind of like accept people where they are, that gets into the group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we cultivate these kind of um, group dynamics where we get better at a kind of taking people where they are and creating from that. Like, you know, you know, your, your group dynamic is going to shift based on what's going on with so-and-so. And, you know, as a, as an organism that is like the one in the group, you know, maybe you, you start counting on, you know, this person to like bring a lot of energy because that's who they are. And on a day where they're not bringing that energy, everyone else, like, you know, just kind of dynamically like makes up for it yeah, for sure. instead of kind of feeling like, well, we need this energy from Danielle or you're Daniel. I just, you know, that's a, I was trying to just bring a name out of nowhere, but I couldn't do it. I guess whoever Stacy, um, you know, like whoever is not bringing this, uh, this energy, we maybe feel resentful. Like she's not pulling her weight, but really it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that you having that one-on-one -on -one thing probably over time teaches the group to kind of like respond dynamically. Me, but I learn from them too, because I see them do it. And mm. so if somebody is a little bit like snippy towards somebody, um, often they come later and apologize or they sort of, yeah. they sort of deal with it. And, but I think, and it comes from me being a dancer in a company as well as an artistic director and a leader yeah. of, a, um, of dancers is that um, it comes back to the respect and the trust and the love. Yeah. Because those groups are not really pickup groups. Yeah. So we're together a long time over yeah. a, a period of a long time. And so it, if, if that's at the crux of it, if that's at the heart of it and the base of it, I think all those problems that come through, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to that we, we trust each other, we have respect for each other, and, and ultimately we love each other. Yeah. And so that hopefully kind of overrides um, the hiccups that happen along the way. Yeah. Do you apply that same kind of 
practice like outside of your work? Um, like, you know, being like the curiosity, the trust. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you do. And maybe my real question is like, how do you deal with, um, you know, like you have this thing that works in your company when you are not with the company, how do you deal with like, um, like how are you able to preserve your same integrity when you're not in a group where like everyone's kind of like respecting those rules? I don't see it as separate. Yeah. Like I, I always been so fluid for me, the, the, the job and the company and the life and the world. It's like, I'm just changing locations and the people around me You never get like shifting. surprised by like, oh, these are different rules. Um, I guess, I don't know. I just am curious I about just, it. Like you mean in a different situation or yeah. a different context? Yeah. Like at the grocery store. Like, I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, do you feel like you're kind of like. I wish people s- on the highways had more respect for each other. That's what I'm. Yeah. And, tr- and, and things like that. Or like, I wish that. Um, some of the the political things in the world that I don't agree with, I wish yeah. there was more trust and respect there. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what you're talking. But you about. move throughout the world like you you're you're able to maintain the same uh, perspective. I try. Yeah. I mean, I get frustrated at people. Yeah. <laughs> and people annoy me, and yeah. and but I. Yeah, I don't feel like there's a difference. Yeah, I you don't, take it with you. It's sort of like here, this is, I, it's like, this is the moment I'm in right yeah. now. In this, in the, and so yeah. I'm who I am. Yeah. And that's what I bring to this moment. And I, I don't feel like that it changes. I don't yeah. feel like I, it's just, it's one ongoing, it's like one ongoing through yeah. line in some ways. I think I feel like that too. Yeah. I do sometimes though, like I feel like I'm, my, my art self is like, really strong in some ways. Like I'm totally willing to go to those vulnerable places and like, it's hard, but it's also like so run of the mill for me. Like I just, I do it every day. So it's just like, it's part of who I am. And sometimes I feel when I go like into situations where like the rules are really different, I feel like shocked a little. Right. Right. Like I get, I, like I walk through the world as my same, like soft open self. Right. And sometimes get a little bit like, like, I've always had the, like one philosophy of I've lived by is flow like water. Yeah. And I always really kind of believe that you just kind of like to go with it. Yeah. And so, um, radical acceptance, I guess so. Um, I, I, I really started to think that way in college. I remember we would all kind of say that as our mantra. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, I guess I sort of know what you mean a little bit, but I, I don't think about it so yeah. much. I I kind of just take it in. I don't know. It's maybe my easygoing personality in some yeah. ways. I think I'm, I I get very fix it about things. Mm-hmm. With, and then I think like, why isn't this as like warm and beautiful? And like, even when it's messy, it's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Why isn't this as that as my other thing? You know, yeah, and so I'm kind of like this is. You're just like is, it just is what it is. Exactly, yeah, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I just have one like kind of last question about stuff. This art identity stuff. Um, do you have thoughts about like, I mean, maybe you just said it, but like, uh, who you are, how much of you gets into the art, how the art gets back into you. Do you feel any sort of relationship between like the art you make and who you are? you know, in any direction or any sort of. I like, I I wonder if people who've seen a lot of my choreography know me better 
than people who haven't mm. because mm. I feel like that that's this part of this this sort of this um, part of me that lives on the inside there's part of me that lives in my consciousness in a certain way it's a part of me that maybe I don't even really I can't yeah. really even talk about mm. unless I'm talking about it through my work and so I wonder if um, that's the thing that I think about a little bit yeah. is how that defines who I am Oh, it's so um, interesting in this context of like authenticity, which I feel like we're so obsessed with lately as a culture. And I feel very like, I don't know, curious about it because like, I mean, I, I think what you said is really um, honest and, and I think p- profound, you know, if, if it could be true that people who've seen your work know you better than people who haven't, do you think that means anything about authenticity? Like, what do you think that means? About authenticity specifically? Or, These you are know, good questions. These are I mean, tough questions. I think it's tough, yeah. but it's so beautifully, like, not binary. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot of artists like to believe that, like, the art is them. Like, it's just well, like they... Yeah. But I don't think it's always so simple. And so if you have a thing that you're kind of only able to express through art, and then like, we don't see you and think like, clearly this is the man who made this art. Well, I don't know if it's the only way that I can express it, but it's, it's, it's where I've landed yeah. and it's where I've been given opportunity to express myself yeah. and given support to express myself. And so I think that's sort of maybe different than choosing. Again, sure. I feel like it found me in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that in terms of the authenticity thing, it's like, I'm not putting my work out there to say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm putting my work out there. And I think that's out there. Yeah. So that it's not an, it's not the intention of putting it out there to define who I am. It's putting it out there to express an idea that's coming from an authentic source. Yeah. And so maybe that's how I think about it a little bit. Yeah. I think, do you know what I mean though? Like sometimes I think people expect for artists to be a reflection of their art and vice versa. Like we expect to have like a match between like the art and the person, mm-hmm. which I think like every once in a while we get that. I think much more frequently it's, it's the opposite or, or it's not just one thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like that answer. Like, well, but how do you like, how do you separate it? I don't think you do, but I like to ask artists how yeah. they think about it. Yeah. I mean, because there's no answer. There's no like one answer. Yeah. But I am curious, like how it feels to you that like, you know, this thing of like someone who's seen my work maybe knows me better than someone who hasn't. Like, what does that or mean? Or they know me. They have another layer of mm-hmm. knowing me. Yeah. Or maybe it's not better, but it's a, another layer of yeah. like understanding or like, oh, wow, this is what he's thinking about or yeah. he's interested in. They can understand a thing that they couldn't understand having not seen. Maybe. It? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Any Anything else like coming up about that? Um, I, I'm a very instinctual and very spontaneous and very, um, I use my intuition a lot. And I think that sometimes that's true in terms of analyzing things like this. Yeah. Because I, um, I, because I, I feel like it's the thing of I go with it and I I kind of um, see where things take me and and, f- and follow visual cues and follow opportunities and allow things to come to me that um, 
sometimes I think it's challenging for me to define things in words. You know, it's so hard. And I, yeah. I mean, it is for everybody, but I think that that's why these, the music and, and art and, and dance for me has always been a really important way for me to express myself. Yeah. Um, because sometimes I don't analyze things yeah. and, um, and, and am able to articulate those things through prose that yeah. I can through movement or yeah. uh, other, other art forms. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, like I said, I, I feel like I hope to be doing this project for like forever maybe yeah, that's cool um and so to me like 30 people feels like no people you know mm -hmm. like not that each of those 30 people haven't been like really valuable you know those conversations to me but like i feel like i'm at the tip of the iceberg still and so all this to say like i don't know if i had like a goal but i definitely think one of the things that's interesting to me about this project is like maybe just experience exposing this um this thing that like it, it isn't this binary it's not like artists definitely know how to talk about what they're doing um I like the idea that we're all kind of struggling with this stuff thinking about it not thinking about it um some of us very verbal some of us very not um and kind of just like you know maybe letting a listener kind of understand that like it just, it, it isn't at all like what the end product is, or sometimes it always is, or, you know, just kind of like feeling a little radical acceptance about like the things about this that are totally weird and tricky. Mm -hmm. I like it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think art is important. And I think, uh, you know, like as we're trying to talk about these things and as they're difficult, I kind of feel like that's like part of the point. Well, with everything, I think it's the conversation ethereal. is the, the most important, like, the conversation is so important. The curiosity is so important. Yeah. So if, if it's compassion towards something, if it's trying to understand a different culture, if it's trying to understand a different point of view, to not come at it with judgment, but to come at it with curiosity and yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that's, again, a microcosm sometimes in the art that can be taken um, into the world. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I'd like to see more people uh, being creative. I'd like to see more people like understanding that uh what's going on behind the scenes isn't like always or ever like what you might think um and to and to look at people and look at whatever their finished product is whether it's like in the arts or it's you know a video game or it's i guess video games are still arts i can't think of anything that isn't art yeah i know i agree i agree <sighs> Um, but yeah, you know, to, but to think like, just to be curious about it and yeah. think like, I have no idea what's going on back there. And maybe, I don't know, it can help us kind of like do, do a little better with like all the things that we're doing. Um, the last question that I always ask people is on this very day, what is your dream project or your dream collaboration? My dream project or my dream collaboration. Do they always have an answer? I mean, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, they're like, oh, I don't know. But just whatever's happening today, what's, whatever's coming. And some people are like, yes, a movie with Lily Tomlin, you know. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think that way. I just, yeah. I, I think more of the thing of just continually having the opportunity to create. So like, that's kind of the dream and that's kind of the goal and that's kind of the um, thing that keeps me going. I don't think in terms of like the this dancer and yeah. that dancer and putting this together because 
again, these projects come to me in different ways. And so that's a really challenging question, but I think it's kind of living the dream. It's kind of being able to create. And, um, uh, that's a really good question. I wonder if that's something I want, I need to chew on a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I feel very radical acceptance about these Mm -hmm. answers too. Like I think they're telling some people will be like, I want to work with unknown talent. That's their dream. Um, Some people are like, oh, you know, they get really like lit up about like mixed media. Like I've never done this thing. Some people are like, you know, they, their dream is like, I want to do this totally different thing. That's not in my medium at all. You know what? Maybe it is a little bit. This is such a weird thing to say is like, I feel like I haven't made that sort of like magnum opus thing or that, that one piece that sort of like, that's right. Yeah. That's everything that I'm trying to say. Yeah. I feel like that's something that I'm like, that would be so interesting to have that moment of like, wow, I feel like that, that is epitomizes everything I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I feel like each dance I make, um, there's always things in it that I want to change or make better or be clearer about. Um, I think that again, keeps me interested and keeps pushing yeah. me. So I don't know if I ever arrived at that, we can call it a perfect dance, but yeah. if I ever arrived at that perfect dance, I don't know what that would be like. But that's kind of the thing that's, that's on just, the horizon. Of, I don't know if it's on the horizon, but something yeah. I think about sometimes I'm just kind of waiting for that dance that I'm ultimately yeah. totally satisfied with. And it's, um, it's probably beautiful that I haven't sort of felt that yet. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, like I, when I said it's on the horizon, I just mean like it's your, 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 always looking at it. Yeah. I mean, the horizon is something you never reach, right? Like, yeah. So that's maybe kind of the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, but I, it's yeah. the, the dream is like the pursuit. Yeah. Of yeah. That exactly. Perfect dance. I think that's exactly right. I'm into it. That's a great answer. Um, last thing, where can we find you on the internet? What's your stuff? How can people see your dances? I mean, most of my stuff now is affiliated with the Ryrie Woodbury Dance Company. Ryrie so, is R-I-R-I-E. Correct. Woodbury is Woodbury. Yes. With a hyphen in there. Um, that's probably the best place. I don't really maintain a website anymore. I did that for a while. Um, but I think because I, I sort of am falling under this umbrella, I haven't maintained that sort of personal profile. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would start. A lot of my work is, is shown there. A lot of my stuff, I mean, I, I choreograph, um, you know, around two dances per year for the company. So in my tenure, it's been, you know, 14, something like uh, 14 works for the company up to, up to now. Wow. I had this whole... Um, repertory stuff before I joined the company. Um, but I would say that that is probably a place to go. I'm sort of active on social media. So you can find me in Facebook. Yeah. You can find me in Instagram. Um, but I don't, um, that's not like a daily adventure for yeah. me. So, but I, I think that all things Ryrie Woodbury at this point. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks so much for coming to talk with me. Wow, it was really nice you. to talk with you. Yes. I enjoyed the dog as well. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.